lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to this week's episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Infectious Attitude himself, Benitos. What's up, y'all? <laughs> ben, we've made it to week three of NorCal football. That's right. I said week three. There's no such thing as week zero anymore, and people need to stop with that. But uh, anyway, welcome back. Week two was, was a wild one, and if your high school played football this week, it was fortunate, right, Ben? It was very fortunate. It's uh, we spent all off season trying to envision what the COVID protocols were going to be, and uh, we discounted uh, an old friend or old foe, uh, the smoke. Yeah, normal got kicked in the teeth for sure. There was definitely a lot of AQI watching and canceled games and moving campuses and scheduling. 10 a.m. games and canceling 10 a.m. games and moving them to Monday at three and. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. But you're, you know, I was, you know, I was trying to keep track of all the cancellations, but you actually made it out to a game. Yours didn't get canceled. So tell us where you went. Well, before we get there, let's uh, let's talk first about uh, Twitter watch that was Friday afternoon. <laughs> um, and uh, I will dole out some rare props to you. Breaking news in the East Bay that you got from Sports Stars Magazine Twitter account, if you're not following was the uh, postponement and then cancellation of the Pittsburgh and Sarah game. That was your Sports Stars editor, Chase Bryson, working a story from the, if I'm not mistaken, parking lot of his kid's school. That's Please correct. clue us in. <laughs> That's correct. I, uh, I nearly missed my first grader coming out for a pickup because I was trying to get a text back from uh, Pittsburgh coach Victor Galley. Uh, to see if they were in fact going to cancel the game it was that was the one game that everyone was waiting to find out uh it was definitely the the big norcal game of the week if, if you listened to last week's seven friday night episode you would have definitely uh known that that was the game we were all focused on so i was trying to get it and i you know i was able to get the tweet out and look up and my first grader was there with his hands up wondering <laughs> was, was i gonna come get him so yeah then while walking back to the car I had to get more texts in and more tweets and more retweets. It was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. So it wasn't, uh, it, I didn't have that adventurous of an afternoon, but I was sitting here on my computer and my phone trying to figure out if the game that I was going to go to, uh, California of San Ramon at James Logan of Union City was going to be played. I did have someone on the ground there telling me uh, what the AQI was. So I was following that all afternoon and so hopped in the car, got there. Uh, it was warm, but the smoke was not that big of a factor by the time I showed up. I will say Cal High uh, showed up, the varsity team showed up a little later than they would have intended because the bus, there was a mix up with the bus. And, uh, but they got there, they got off the bus, and then they continued to roll. Uh, 49 to 7 victory, and they looked awfully good in doing it against a pretty good James Logan team. So uh, it was a good uh, Good opening night in the NCS for uh, Cal High, for sure. Yeah, I, I was glad that one of us made it out to a game. I, I probably could have, I probably could have figured out somewhere to go in the last minute, but I was, I was just trying to keep track of all the games on Twitter and and make sure everything got reported as such. I will say that I, I did get to watch a majority of the De La Salle game against St. Mary's on Saturday via the internet broadcast, so that. That was nice. I got to see a little bit of action, and uh, predictably, it was a really good game for a half. And then, and then De La Salle did what they quite often do and put put things away when they when they need to. Yeah, I don't know. Looks like it's going to be a pretty another really good week of games if they can get played. Yeah, we're going to run into the same issues this week as we did last week, and probably for the foreseeable future. We spent all off season talking about what is the new normal, right? Uh, when it comes to COVID. Uh, let me get on my soapbox here for a second. <laughs> this is the new normal. You want to talk about climate change? You want to talk about other stuff like that? This is normal now, and it is awful, but it's the reality of the situation. This is here to stay. I mean, this is our new reality. So um, I hope we can get all the games in this week. But um, we also had a, a chance to talk to one coach uh, who I know you've connected with a couple times 
in the uh, preseason who had quite an adventure uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I did. Uh, we we actually reached out. Well, what part of my Friday was texting a lot of coaches to find out if they knew um, what their game was going to get played. One of those coaches I texted was Clayton Valley co-coach, co-head coach this year, Nick Tisa. I sent him a text and asked if they knew what their game in Turlock was on. And he was still on the bus and he had no idea. He, he texted back on the bus, fingers crossed, and they were already halfway to Turlock and they didn't know if they were going to get played. And then, of course, they find out when they get there that, that indeed it, the, the air isn't good enough to play. So they, they had to turn around. They, they rescheduled for Saturday for a 10 a.m. game Saturday. They were going to go back, turn right back around. But then, as, you know, as he'll tell us later, they, they loaded the bus again on Saturday morning only to shut it down again. And thankfully, they finally got to play Monday night. But that's that's a lot of uh, a lot of stop and go for a program of that size trying to make things work. Let's hear from the man himself, Coach Tisa. He sat down with us uh, to recount the last couple of days. All right, well, we we'd like to welcome now Clayton Valley co-coach Nick Tisa to the program. They have had quite the last forty-eight to seventy-two hours uh, with all this uh, air quality watch and and trying to get to uh to their game in turlock and so uh we're going to talk about that uh, first we just like to say hi uh to uh to coach tisa how's it going i'm tired man i'm on my uh like fourth cup of coffee didn't get home to like like 11 a little bit after 11 11 30 and then i've had to teach all day which is part of the job you know so yeah <laughs> like just been a long day long uh long four you know long four days since since friday when um you know, the game originally got, got canceled. Um, and we actually took the trip out to Turlock. Um, you know, everything looked fine. I remember waking up Friday and I took my daughter to school and it like smelled smoky. So I like text the Turlock coach. I was like, Hey man, like, it's like, this like nine o'clock. I was like, is the air okay? Cause it really smells like smoke here. He's like, Oh, it's fine. Like we're good. And then I remember uh, Coach Dudley at Antioch texts me. He's like, like, what's going on with your game? You know, Black from Dublin texts me. Like, all these coaches, you know, we have a fraternity of, like, text messages going on. And, like, I was like, dude, this game may get canceled. And it, they're like, I was like, no, it's good. And so then we get on the bus and start just every, you know, everyone has Twitter and starts looking at the Twitter accounts. And one by one, all the games from the East Bay are getting canceled. And I'm like, no, there's, like, no way. And so – we show up and the game had been canceled, you know, and so we're looking at the, uh, you know, everyone has like, no one knows the site to use for the, like what the original correct site is. Like everyone has different sites of like what the air is going to be. And so we anticipated that it'd be better day, better Saturday morning. And so we were like, let's just come back tomorrow at 10 AM. And so we go home and sure enough, wake up, go to school, load the bus at about six forty-five. I mean, we were ready to go at about seven and then, the Turlock admin just said, nope, it's not going to happen today. And so they, they, you know, we didn't know what to do. It, it would have been the easy thing to probably, you know, cancel it. But we, uh, we saw on Twitter, you know, a lot of people were doing like the Monday night thing. So we anticipated Monday would be good. And then um, Sunday, you know, you're you're just watching that AQI. And it was just like, you know, I'm on my app like every hour texting with Murph. <laughs> and it was good. And then Monday comes and everything's good. And then like at like 8 a.m., all of a sudden you look at like Turlock is like 160. And I'm like, Gosh, like here we go again. And so it was just, we had to make kind of a quick decision. Um, you know, me and uh, Murphy and then our AD and our executive director really worked kind of diligently with the Turlock coaching staff over there and their administration. And we just kind of pulled the trigger and said, we're getting on the bus. And we got on the bus with like crossing our fingers, which was crazy because it was like 105 degrees outside, like really hot at kickoff and it was probably the AQI was probably like 121. So it settled down in like two hours. So we got the game in, um, thank gosh, you know, so now we're on a short week. We're not even pushing the Friday game to Saturday. We're playing, we're playing at Del Oro on Friday. So. That you could, uh, you could write a Don Quixote novel about, uh, your travels this week. Um, yeah, I was like traveling. And then the funny thing was, well, not funny, but like we dealt with this, uh, the Liberty open game if you guys remember like four years like three four years ago where there was a really bad fire um in november you know and so we we waited a month we, that was a 20 that was 29 days of waiting like so and you know coach murph did a good job of, of kind of putting everything in perspective saturday morning when the when he just kind of we both we both kind of talked about what the fires like what's really happening like in Tahoe, there's evacuation and so it's like, 
kind of, you know, we thought to ourselves, like, it's crazy. We're sad. You know, we're feeling sorry for ourselves about a football game when there's people like evacuating and I'm glad we got it in, but, you know, really put into a lot of things into perspective, you know, what's, so, the, what's the actual bus time from, from Concord to Turlock? Friday was Friday. We left at uh two 55 and we got in at like five 30, five 45 ish. Um, and they'd already called it by the time you showed up. Yeah, well, yeah, it was, there was a point where we're like right at ripping and the AD called and said, dude, just turn around. And I'm like, no, man, we need to like, I need to meet in person with him. I feel like if I put in the, you know, and I knew Eric, um, Eric Bamberger, who's our AD, would have done a good job. I was like, I just want to talk to the coach. So we were already like 25, 30 minutes out. And so um, we could have turned around, but we decided to go there. But yesterday there was really no traffic. It was probably, I mean, like maybe like 75 minutes to 85 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It's traffic on 99, but other than that, it was fine. Well, you guys ended up uh, playing a football game. So let's talk about a football game. What did you see yeah. from your guys last night? It was, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're very young, you know, um, we have, you know, we have a lot of on defense, you know, we have uh, eight new starters that a lot of them, I mean, all these kids yesterday never played in a varsity football game. So I think with the heat and just the, you know, the, the not knowing for four days, the anticipation and stuff like that of not, um, not knowing if we're going to play a football game, they just, they were tired. They knew kind of Coach Murphy and I really wanted to get this game in for those, especially for the young guys, because there's a lot of mistakes, a lot of holdings, a lot of, you know, like just like not even holding, it's just a lot of penalties, you know, that we kind of need to get, you know, working on. So, um, but I think after it was done, the kids were just like, you know, like a sense of relief, like just getting the game played and realizing like they need to work on it. You know, we just kind of were a little bigger, faster, and stronger in the second half, and it showed, you know, it probably could have got a little bit more. It could have got a little out of hand, I think, more in the second half. We just, again, are so, a lot of young guys still kind of learning the game. But that's from defense, but offense looked good. You know, we're running spread, and we have that heavy package. So uh, Coach Murph did a really good job of kind of mixing up the two, you know, um, yesterday. So it was good. It was a good game. We're, we're happy to kind of move forward. We're going to watch some film today and then kind of prep for uh, Del Oro. I, I was going to say what um, what ugly Eagles insiders really want to know is, is how well um, Coach Murphy actually stepped away from calling plays. No, uh, he <laughs> – you knew that wasn't going to last long. No, he's back to kind of – he's back to calling plays and stuff like that. Um, there was no drama or anything. It was just kind of made sense for, for some, you know, like technical purposes of, you know, the offensive line coach was calling the plays and it was hard for him to watch the offensive line and stuff like that. So that's just Murph. It's just his, it's in him, man. He can't sit back and watch, which, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to be a spectator. So, but um, yeah, so he's back to kind of calling the plays and whatnot, but you know, um, it, it was good. It was, I'd never been on the field with Coach Murph. I'm always the booth guy. So in my, in my first three years here, I've always been up in the booth talking to the DC you know, and so I was on the field, you know, we made an executive decision that I probably should start being on the field. So we had a different booth guy. So that was the first taste I've got of Coach Murph, actually, just his intensity during the game, calling plays and stuff like that. So it was it was awesome to see and awesome to be a part of. Now you guys are back really in the same boat this week. I mean, are, are you already have you guys talked to Deloro at all about just being on Airwatch again? Yeah, it's crazy. It was like. Theirs was like 256 over the weekend, you know, and so we're like already like, dude, we got to just get it here, right? I mean, he's pretty good. So we, we've we made some calls, but I guess, again, looking at different websites, if you look at the three or three or four you look at, it all anticipates, you know, that it's going to be full go, ready to play a game on Friday. But I don't know. We said we were going to connect on Thursday and make the executive decision. And if we had to, we, we could host, um, which is fine, you know. But I know they want a home game, you know, and um, – as as you should, you know, we only have four home games this year and I would hate for it ever to be like take away a home game, you know, because of the air quality. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be stubborn and be like, no, we're not going to play. if It's not a home game. You know, we kind of agreed that we would make the decision on, on Thursday. So right now it looks good. But um, What do you know about Delora, the team? Well, so we're just kind of diving into film, you know, um, I just know they have a really great tradition of football there. I'm excited to play at the stadium. Um I know they have alumni support, you know, they have, they do like kind of like a QB club, I guess, where like parents are on the field, you know, on the field, but they're in the end zone and stuff like that. So I know it's going to be a great atmosphere, but as far as like personnel and stuff like that, we're just kind of just dive. I'm just kind of diving into their, to their offense and defense and stuff like that. But 
I know they're going to be big. I know they're going to be fast, and I know they're going to be strong. It's I think just like us. If it was Tuesday on any other week, I would give you a full breakdown. Like I literally got home at 11:30 and went to bed, and then I had to teach all day. So I'm not, you know, asking for a sob story of teaching, but my job is teaching, right? And so now we're just getting video, and like, so we're gonna. It'll be probably another late night tonight when I get home, and start breaking down film and stuff like that. So right on, man. That's uh. That's pretty much what uh, what we were looking for. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks to Coach Nick Tisa for joining us, uh, giving us a little bit of a recap of a crazy couple of days and what will be another crazy couple of days as he transitions, he and the Ugly Eagles transition from Monday night football to Friday night lights up in Loomis against Del Oro. Uh, next up on this week's 7 Friday night, we had the pleasure of sitting down with San Ramon Valley offensive lineman, don't call me a 1970s singer-songwriter, Jackson Brown, who uh, made a big decision in his life this week as he chose to spend the next couple of years playing football at the University of California at Berkeley. Actually, there's no at there. It's just the University of California, Berkeley. There is no hiding what school I attended. So our conversation, of course, uh, trended in that direction. A very happy young man who is uh, ready to take the next step in his football career, but also a very important senior who is even sooner going to take a step into what is a very big game this week against Bishop O'Dowd uh, at San Ramon Valley High. So uh, let's listen in to what uh, Jackson had to say. Yeah, uh, Ben, you are. I feel like you are the fitting one to introduce our our guest here. So, absolutely. On. So we're, we we want to welcome Jackson Brown to the uh, podcast this week. Jackson, thanks for for joining us. Chase uh, mentioned that that I should probably be the guy to welcome you in because I uh, have made no secret of the fact that I'm a 2006 graduate of. Uh, the school in Berkeley. So uh, props to you on your choice uh, yeah. from, from an alum made me very happy. Um, and uh, I just wanted to, Hey, let's, let's start general, man. Why Cal? Uh, biggest reason was definitely the player culture the guys there. When I went on my official visit, it was just different from all the other schools I visited. I love all, all those guys that Colin Roney went to Santa Monica Valley. He's there. He's a great guy. And then my host, Braden Romy, great guy. There's, everyone wants to be there. They want to win. And Kyle's building a really great culture. Also, coaches, Coach McClure, Coach Wilcox, Wilcox, both great guys as well. And then the opportunity to compete and play early was there too. And that I, my goal is to get to the NFL. So, And I know I can do that under Coach McClure. I think you had six six hats out on the table, right? Were any yeah. others – were any others – Close. When did you know? When did you know yeah. it was going to be Cal? Yeah, so it was uh, those six hats, and then it really came down to Pitt, Colorado, and Cal, and then it narrowed down to Pitt and Cal. But Pitt, was, the only thing that hurt Pitt was it was just so far away. It took me 11 hours to get home on my official visit. I mean, it was just pain. My mom couldn't come to every game, my whole family and stuff. So, but uh, I picked Cal. I silently, silently committed to Cal July 21st. So I've been uh, secretly a bear for uh, over a month. But uh, yeah, I, I knew it was Cal. I, after uh, I was like, you know what, Pitt's a bit too far. Cal, in my, it, it really just came from my heart out of the two. So you've got um, obviously the excitement of picking a school and letting everyone in on the secret. But then the excitement of finally getting this thing going in your senior season. Talk a little bit about um, what last week was like for you guys having to kind of hit the pause button again and how excited you are to finally get on the field this week against O'Dowd. Yeah. So last Friday against Vintage, it was tough. I woke up from a nap and see my phone buzz and everything. Our games been canceled, which sucks. But I mean, the air quality was rough and everything. So I understand, but it's all good playing Friday against Bishop O'Dowd. We're getting ready this week. We have a lot of returning guys. We got Tanner Salisbury back from modern day, which is huge. Our O-line, we have three returning starters. Our QBs, our third, third year returning guys. So we're pretty loaded this year. And I, I think we could definitely go get a state championship, put a, hopefully put up a fight against Dale Sal. That's my biggest goal. I just want to keep it close with them, beat them. 
but uh, I think we're going to have a good year. Ben is going to be out at, at your game on, on Friday night. What do awesome. you expect? What do you expect to see from, from Odell? You guys saw them in the spring and it was a pretty, it was a pretty close game, right? Um, yeah. So what are you, what are you kind of expecting to see from them, from them this week? Uh, they have a lot of good skill guys. Their O-line, I think they lost a few guys, same with their D-line and their QB, but uh, they're still a great team and we're definitely not going to uh, play slow against them. And we're going to do a lot of wide zone stuff, play action, I think, but they're, they uh, they run a lot of weird uh, fronts and stuff. They'll they'll bring a lot of guys, so we're expecting. We've been doing a lot of film. We have film tomorrow before practice, so I'm excited. It's going to be a good game. We pride ourselves on asking ridiculous off-the-wall questions, so I'm not going to let you get away without asking you, are you familiar with Jackson Brown, the singer, and ha does everyone ask you that question? Everyone. It, it's like, oh, you have the same name as him. I mean – and you read uh, like a lot of these recruiting boards and thing, and they do the running on empty, and they they do everything. And I'm like, I I never like really knew Jackson Brown as much, but now I've gone into him and all of his songs like Doctor My Eyes and all the it, like. It's funny. I love it. It's cool having the same name as him. Was your were your parents a fan of him? Is that or do you I mean we're just it was just random that it ended up being that way. Yeah, it was just random, actually. I was going to be uh, uh, Anthony Brown Jr., uh, or the third after my grandpa uh, and my dad, but then they just like Jackson, and then Jackson Brown, the singer, too. So it's just coincidence. It's cool, though. I like it. That's funny. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to see you guys. I know you guys are probably beyond fired up to actually get oh, us yeah. to play this week. So, um Good luck uh, this Friday, and then uh, good luck in, in Berkeley. And uh, don't uh, hesitate oh, yeah. to uh, ask us for the, the tips and the tricks, man. We know it all about that school. Definitely. It would be <laughs> awesome. Can't wait to see you Friday. It's going to be fun. Jackson, man, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, congratulations again. No problem. Appreciate you having me on. Later, man. Give, give us a roll on you bears. Oh, yeah. Roll on you bears. Go bears. Cow Gang 22. Let's go. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is gonna fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. And now, back to the show. Well, we'd like to thank Jackson Brown for being the first athlete to, to join Seven Friday Night. He's, he's now a trivia question answer who was the first athlete on seven friday night and now you know so they they've always got a huge game this week against o'dowd that's going to be one of the uh that samuel ballet bishop o'dowd game is a big one it's, it's the number number nine wolves against the number 16 dragons in, in our newest top 20 so that's a good one uh it'll be one of the seven that we choose between for our picks later uh but first we we need to, to you know welcome back our our standing, our standing guest, the one and only Coach Terry Edson. Coach, we had a, uh, a, a we just got done talking actually with Coach Nick Tisa from from Clayton Valley about the crazy seventy two hours they had with what all the smoke brought, smoke and COVID and all that stuff. Uh, they were they had to drive to Turlock twice in during in a three day stretch. So yeah, it's it's. It's never been a tougher time to, to run a football program, it seems, right now. I know that – I know you weren't stressed because you were out golfing on Friday and, and called me and asked where, where which, which games were being played. So what – I'm sure you talked to Justin about what they went through to get that game played on, on Saturday. So, I mean, can you imagine kind of what it must be like for some of these coaches trying to, to make things work right now? Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, diff the fire's a lot, you know, it's, this has been going on now for about, I don't know what, four or five seasons. And, you know, of course, in the overall scope of things, I mean, a football game compared to people losing their homes and these poor firefighters out there on these, on the front lines fighting these fires. I mean, that's really, you know, your main concern that just pales in comparison to a high school football game. But the other side of it is, you know, as, as a football coach, you, um, the first thing you think about, at least what I always did, you know, I always, you think about your seniors, they only have so many chances. You're probably thinking about as coaches, 
COVID last year, you know, they only had six games. So you just kind of feel for the kids because, you know, they've put so much time and effort into this and you want to see them get as, as many games as possible. At the same time, you know, you want to put them in safe situations and uh, make sure that they're, you know, obviously they're playing in good air and good quality and they're able to play safely. So there's a lot of mixed feelings because once I, you want to get the game played and they're in no way as a coach, you want to put your kids in an unsafe situation either. So. It's uh, I had a chance to go watch Cal High and Logan, and thankfully the air quality um, further south was a little bit better. Um, but that's going to be a story that gets that schools and coaches and teams and players and parents and everyone are going to have to to deal with here for the next several weeks, I think, unfortunately. Um, that is what's going on here on the uh, Northern California level. We actually also want to switch gears a little bit this week and talk uh, on the national scene. And by now, most folks who listen to this podcast probably have uh, heard the story of Bishop Sycamore, a team, if you want to call them that. <laughs> they got destroyed by IMG Academy on ESPN last weekend. And so uh, before I ask you a question, I read a, a great tweet that ran down the last few days for Bishop Sycamore. On Friday, they lost to a high school in Pennsylvania. Saturday was a travel day. On Sunday, they got thrashed by IMG. On Monday, they were a national headline. And on Tuesday, they had three opponents cancel their games. They fired their coach. And the governor of Ohio ordered an investigation. So my question for you. That's quite a week. I'll tell you that right there. <laughs> you've been a coach. You've been an athletics administrator. You've dealt with national promoters like Paragon. Uh throughout your career where are we in high school football when something like this can happen oh man i know uh this this is crazy i just actually read about this this morning uh during lunch i was looking at the, uh, on the internet i was looking at espn and i saw that story and it's like holy smokes i mean i guess my understanding i don't know the whole story but this this school was promoting itself to being the IMG of the Midwest and they I think they have nine that when I read I don't know if it's true they had 19 and 20 year olds so they had JC kids and um I'm just I think it's uh, a great question I think a lot of times I don't think anybody would think a high school would never be say anything fraudulent I don't think anybody in their right mind would think like this school you know everything's on the up and up and IMG you know I'm sure has trouble getting um, games because, you know, of who IMG is. Right. So this, you know, says, we'll play you. And they go, oh, hey, we got an opponent. And the coach is, you know, telling you, you got all these D1 guys and this is who we are. And, you know, you have a tendency to think like, well, they're not lying to me. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would never think that way, but... There should have been a little bit more due diligence probably done on who this, what the school was and what was going on. Uh, and that'll be done from now on. I mean, that, that's guaranteed. But um, this was a weird, I mean, the coach has an active arrest out for him. That's what I read. It's like, I don't even understand how that's possible because, you, you know, at least everywhere else I know, you got to get fingerprinted to to be around kids. So, you know, that, that would probably come up positive that uh, he's got an arrest warrant out for him. Uh, the other thing too is, I, and I, I don't know how, I'm, I'm really surprised parents on this one. How do you let your son play a foot, two football games in three days? I mean, you don't have to be an MIT graduate to know that that's not a good idea. That you know, physically, I, against IMG of all people, we're gonna have the warm-up game and then play the IMG. I don't understand that, and uh, I don't understand how anybody would think that was a good idea. Um, I don't know how they planned on doing that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Do they have like 120 players? Or? I don't. I don't think, think they so. Have they have kids going both ways. Yeah, they have kids there going were, both ways, right? Sixteen different kids that played both ways in both games. Which is 16 kids to play both ways. <laughs> um, Give those kids some credit, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's just no way you should be playing two full football games in three days. That's how, I mean, I don't, 
I don't understand how, I mean, I can't imagine that you, that, that, that when you were part of the Dallas South coaching staff and you were having these, you know, national matchups, you might not have known uh, like about everything about these programs that you were going to play, but you guys would have vetted that in some degree of, I mean, you want to have film of, and, of, you know, I think you would know who you're playing um, before they showed up. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, whenever someone called me, and uh, I think that's a good question. So, you know, we'd always um, look into the team that, that called us. I would never answer, you know, the question, like, do you want to play? I'd say, oh, let's think about it. And most of the time, though, Chase, to be honest with you, I probably pretty much knew everybody that called and wanted to play. Um so one other thing that I, I thought I'd pick your brain on that it just it was actually breaking news about an hour before we were scheduled to come on is that you and I were talking about this actually on Friday on the phone. Uh, the CIF has actually um, repealed the bylaw that prohibits games on Sunday. So now you can have uh, you can actually play you can if it's if it has to be a rescheduled game from either fire or or COVID. Uh, and you can't do practices, but you can actually do a rescheduled game on on Sundays now. Uh, and I, I know that you were talking about this with me on Friday, just about finding ways to, to build more flexibility for these kids because there's just so many, <laughs> the avenues to play are just getting harder and harder. Wow, that is awesome. Whoever would have thought that bureaucracy and common sense would come together in this world? That is fantastic. I know that's, that's a great decision for kids. So I'm really, really happy to hear that because, you know, there's just so many different situations that can occur. So that is great to hear and great for the kids. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I thought I thought you'd be excited to hear that. I thought that was I thought that was a, a good move by the CIF. And I'm glad that they did it. That's good. So do you want to? Are you are you feeling comfortable? Like you want to make any picks this week, or do you do you want one? Do you want one more week to? Uh, to see some more results. I can go off the cuff. I've been watching it enough to where I think I can make some intelligent decisions. All right. Let's, we'll, we'll give you uh, two or three then from, uh, from our list that we picked from. Well, the big one is, is the big one is Fols uh, Pittsburgh at Folsom. That's the first, that's the first big one of the week. That one's going to be Saturday evening. I, I got this one. You know, they're, they're, you know, this is Pitt, Pitt and Folsom. This is, this is interesting because you don't know this, but this is one game where I've actually seen both teams on film. So uh, I've seen Folsom and of course we scrimmage pit and this is an easy one for everybody out there in, in Vegas and Nevada. Take the over that game. That's easy. <laughs> That's the easiest game ever. What, what is it anyway? Is that the life for the over on that? 66? <laughs> At least. <laughs> no. Uh, wow, that's a great call. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, of course, Vic Cali is a, a Spartan graduate. So, you know, I'm never going to go against the Spartan. So I'm going to say that, you know, the advantage that Folsom has is that they've, they've had a game and Vic has not had a game yet. And that's going to be an advantage, especially in the area of things like special teams. But um, I like, uh, I think Vic's got some firepower this year. No doubt about it. There, he's got to go all the way up to Folsom. And I'll tell you what, that's another great place to play. They pack them there as well. So um, I'm going to go pit though uh, with the upset, but that I'm, I'm saying it's a high scoring game. I'm going on a limb here and saying that's a high scoring game. All right. Why don't you give them the one that you're going to go to Ben? I am headed to Danville, San Ramon Valley against Bishop O'Dowd. Uh, both teams got their openers smoked out. So this is the opener for both. Yes, San Ramon Valley, I think um, with O'Dowd, you know, they're first of all, they're a larger school. So that's, that's always a little difficult for, uh, I, I love O'Dowd because they don't shy away from anybody and they play big competition. They have, uh, you know, they know that, you know, by playing better competition, it's going to make them better. I just think uh, San Ramon's got, it's going to be a little bit too physical for him for this game. So I'm going to go San Ramon this game. All right. And since you watched, uh, since you watched them play De La Salle, 
I'll let you go ahead and and uh, who do you like and uh, do you like St. Mary's Stockton to bounce back and beat Central Catholic this week? It's a home game at St. Mary's. If it's it's a home game at St. Mary's. Well, I know you know I haven't. I was only I was watching the game. I know uh, St. Mary's. Um, a lot of guys kind of walk gingerly off the field during the game. If uh, I know their I know their running back. You know he seemed like he he was injured. Um, St. Mary's Central Catholic. Now they're they're a physical team. They're not going. They're another team that's not going to back down. Um, but um, if Jaden Marshall's feeling feeling good, that guy is going to be hard to stop for Central Catholic. They just don't see the kind of speed that St. Mary's is going to throw at them. And I know Tony is a great coach. They do a great job at Central Catholic, though, too. Once again, this is a school, Central Catholic, not afraid to play anybody. I always admire programs like that. And But I, I just think if everyone's feeling okay at St. Mary's, and like I said, the quarterback went out too. So um, I don't know what the injury situation yeah. is, but if they're at full strength, but if they're banged up a little bit, that's going to be a close game. So you're going to St. Mary's okay. by a nose. Well, I'm going to go. I, I haven't seen the injury report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are right. high school injuries on the website. I can go to, to see that. But um, are they, if they're ready to go, if they got their players, I mean, they're, they're, like I said, Central Catholic just doesn't see that kind of speed, and they have speed. All right. Coach Edson is officially on the board. Ben, I guess it's time for us to uh, – to jump off uh, of this gathering and, and go do our own picks. So let's get to it. So there's no Bishop Sycamore game on our picks this this week. So you don't have to worry about that, Ben. They're off the uh, board. All, all of these teams are real and they are spectacular. So let's start with <laughs> let's start with these these games here. We've got uh, number three Pittsburgh at number two Folsom. Central Catholic of Modesto at number six, St. Mary Stockton. Capital Christian Sacramento at number eight, Valley Christian San Jose. And number 16, Bishop O'Dowd at number nine, San Ramon Valley, which we've already touched on. And then number 10, Clayton Valley at Delora Loomis, which also has come up a few a little bit in this episode. We got number 13, Los Gatos at uh, Liberty Brentwood. And number 20, Lincoln Stockton at Oak Ridge, El Dorado Hills. So... I will let you lead off three picks. One of them has got to be a lock. So uh, let's get, let's get one thing straight right away uh, because they showed us some love, or at least they showed me some love on uh, Friday night after they got their game in, but I will notice, and I will note for the fans that one team is conspicuously absent from this seven game slate that we have. There is no Vacaville included. Okay. And if they were there, I would have picked them. So I'm riding with them still. Okay. I wanted to get that out of the way. I am going to stay with a familiar theme in this week's podcast i am going to uh travel to loomis with the ugly eagles and make a pick there um you know del oro is two and oh they've allowed a grand total of seven points in wins over lincoln and del campo uh and on the flip side clayton valley is one and oh they're coming off of a 35 23 monday night football style win over turlock um, two touchdowns for Brendan Bush in that one. I'm going to tempt the gods of smoke for this one because I know everyone's a little on edge and wasn't whether or not uh, Loomis will have an AQI that's suitable to play football on Friday. And I am going to take the Ugly Eagles. Uh, uh, who you got in your first pick of the week? I will take, I'm going to go with Valley Christian. Take the, uh, I think their, their win over Wilcox was really impressive last Thursday. And this is not the Warriors team. We've, we've grown accustomed to over the last five seasons or so that, that kind of grind it out possession style and win with a stifling defense. Uh, you gotta, I, I got to credit my coach Mike Machado for adapting to his personnel and turning Valley Christian into the Jackson Berman, Jury, and Dickey show. Uh, that duo was absolutely fire in, in a 54-33 shootout win. Uh, and, the, and Wilcox actually led that game 13-0 early. And so... Uh, I think Capital Christian is a fine program. I know they're ranked in the top 10 uh, by our friend Joe Davidson at Sacramento Bee, uh, but their defensive coaching staff probably needed a few tums after film study this weekend. So I'm going to feel confident going with Valley Christian on that one. When it comes to Capital Christian, uh, I am, I'm going to cite uh, the poets that used to be the band Operation Ivy, and I am going to say all I know is that I don't know nothing. 
about Capital Christian because they have talent that we all know they have a ton of talent. But with everything that happened in the offseason, I don't think anyone really has a good handle on them. So uh, you go first in round two here. Who's your second pick? All right, I'll throw out my lock. I'm going to put a stone cold lock on the St. Mary Stockton Rams. Uh, this is something we've talked about for years, actually. How exactly do you evaluate a team when it loses to NorCal's best program of the past three decades? And uh, I watched a good amount of Saturday's game via the internet, and I, you know, I saw a St. Mary's team that was every bit De La Salle's equal for two quarters. I think the heat and the absurdity of the previous 24 hours may have caught up to them in the second half. And the Spartans are just a really, really good football team. But I, you know, overall, I think I feel good about the Rams bouncing back and remaining a sack walking section juggernaut the rest of the way. So give me the Rams on a lock. Locking it in. All right. I will see your lock and I will add a padlock. <laughs> I am also locking in St. Mary's of Stockton. And if I am <laughs> not mistaken, this, my friend, is the Holy Bowl. Uh, no, you are mistaken. Oh, Christian brothers and Jesuit. Oh, well, this is the other, you know, the Southern uh, version. The 209 Holy Bowl. The 209 Holy Bowl. I like that. Let's start that. Uh, Anyway, St. Mary's of Stockton. uh, I'm I'm completely with you. You can't uh, evaluate a team getting started on the road at De La Salle. That's impossible to do. You know, Central Catholic, we would know a lot more about them if their game had not been postponed or canceled, actually ultimately canceled against St. Francis, Francis of Mountain View because we both hold St. Francis in real high esteem. Uh, but they did pick up a good uh, win over Merced in week one. And even though St. Mary's is coming off of a short week, uh, having to turn that game into a Saturday road trip to Concord, I'm still going to go with the firepower that St. Mary's has. So we are matching uh, locks today. All right. Give me your last one. All right. So last week I made a big deal that I wasn't going to shrink from the big game of the week. I am not going to shrink from the big game of the week this time either. Number two, Folsom hosts number three, Pittsburgh. This game is now scheduled for a 6 PM kickoff on Saturday night. Uh, and I believe that's been reported as that's due to Folsom being on a short week. Uh, we've seen Folsom this year. We know what they have. Uh, they're extremely good. What we don't know is what Pittsburgh has since their game against Sarah got canceled. And while we think they're going to be exceptionally good this year, they are now starting the year on the road against a team that's won its two games that it has already played by a combined total of 112 to 21. We were both very high on Pittsburgh going into the Sarah game. I remain very high on Pittsburgh going into the Folsom game. I will be high on them coming out of the Folsom game. I am taking Folsom. And if I'm wrong, then we know for certain Pittsburgh is sitting on one hell of a season. I can't fault any of that logic. Uh, I think Folsom Folsom is just ready. Folsom is just more seasoned at this point, and it's just going to be really hard for Pittsburgh to go up there after having to sit a whole extra week. So I'm going to actually take a, maybe a bit of an upset pick. I don't know. Uh, going with the same league as Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm going to go Liberty. I think, I think Liberty has a shot this week against Los Gatos. Uh, I think these are two very, very similar style teams. And this could be a, a low scoring grinder, but technically this, it's an upset pick, but I've had Liberty on the bubble of the top 20 for a couple of weeks now. So if QB, uh, Nate Bell uh, and his crew can pull this one out, I'm not going to be super shocked. And so I am putting my belief in the land of good tri-tip and going with Brentwood. Uh, and so if Los Gatos wins, I'm allowed to rip you. Yes, <laughs> Yes, I am. I am picking against my guy, Jake Rip and the Wildcats defense. I'm aware of that. Fair enough. All right. So is it time for some quick picks? uh yeah let's do it i think uh so our, our three game rapid fire segment started last week and we both went two and oh in our of our because each one of us had a had one of our rapid fire games wiped off the board by smoke but we both we both went two and oh in the other picks so uh let's try it again you uh you fire at me first this week all right well we're we're, we're doing pretty well with our picks so far this year so let's see if we can turn the heat up a little i'm <laughs> I'm going to start with an intersectional battle, which are the most fun at this time of year. Uh, 
Las Lomas of Walnut Creek dropped a close one to Rancho Cantati last week in a matchup of uh, NCS powers. This week, they're going to Milpitas, who is a traditional CCS power. Uh, Lomas, Milpitas, who you got? I am going to go with Las Lomas. Rancho Cantati was a kind of a tough first matchup. Then they, I mean, it was only a three-point game, I think. And uh, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Milpitas lost pretty handily to their opponent, but I can't remember who it was. But I'm going to go with Las Lomas. Let's go back to the Sac Joaquin section, a matchup of two historically strong programs. Jesuit is coming off of a trouncing by Folsom. They're headed to Granite Bay, who's 2-0. Jesuit, Granite Bay, who you got? We, you're going to get this one coming back to you, too. That's the one I picked. I, I'm going to go with Jesuit. And uh, let's, uh, let's finish with what used to be a traditional D1 matchup. And I think one of, San Leandro is now D2 um, with uh, 100 different divisions and bowls and whatever. Uh, but it's still a good one. San Leandro is heading east to take on Freedom in Oakley. In years past, this would have been a primetime uh, game and primetime destination. Both schools are 1-0. San Leandro, Freedom, who you got? Going to go with the Pirates on this one. All right. Okay. Uh, here are yours. I'll start with the one you already know. So since it's already out of the bag, how about you give me your take on Jesuit Granite Bay? Go. Uh, we're going to differ here. Granite Bay under new uh, has a regime regime change. And uh, we don't know what we know yet about Jesuit because they played Folsom. So I'm going to take Granite Bay. Okay. Let's go with a couple of a uh, couple of teams that can, can both, both pass the rock. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. How about Aptos at Campolindo? Yeah, it's uh, this has popped up in a couple places. Aptos always a strong program. I am taking Campolindo. What a win last week, and uh, yeah, rebuilding. Uh huh. <laughs> and finally, uh, I will continue the the uh, Cal Berkeley related theme that has run through this episode and give you St. Mary's of Berkeley at Deer Valley. Yeah, this is, I almost put this on the board for you. When was the last time we saw a school, schools of this size yeah. meeting each other, the smallest of schools versus almost the biggest of schools? It's a really tough game to pick <laughs> because St. Mary's won last week and uh, I think Deer Valley got their game wiped out. I'm going to go with Deer Valley. Uh, and just based on size, there's a reason we don't see these schools of this size play each other. And, and Hey, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm going to go with the BVAL. I, for those who don't know, I will point out that the Cal theme was that St. Mary's Berkeley is now coached by Javid best and probably one of Ben's most favorite players to ever wear a uh, Navy and gold Jersey. Am I right? Absolutely true. Also one of my favorite players athletes ever to cover as a high schooler. Yes. Um, had a great relationship with Mr. Best, and he is one of the finest uh, young men and now men that you will ever meet. So, wishing I was for good to see things. him win his opener. That was cool. Yeah. So, hey, step up in class. Even though Deer Valley isn't predicted to be near the top of the PBAL, that is a step up in class for St. Mary's this week. For sure. All right. Well, uh, for those interested in and uh, keeping track of our successes and failures, we, we will update our scoreboard on, on the, uh, on our, on the podcast, on this episode's uh, page on our, on our homepage of sportsstarsmag.com. So make sure when you, when you go find it uh, on the site, you, before you click on where you want to listen, you scroll down, you can find some episode extras there. We usually put in a couple links to some things and then the scoreboard will be there as well. Um, and right now I believe we're both tied. I think we're both six and one. So that's not bad after two weeks. Crushing it. And I'm the one coming out of retirement here. So I feel pretty good about my life. I bet. That will wrap up another episode of seven Friday night. We want to thank coach Nick Tisa and Saramon Valley lineman, Jackson Brown for dropping by as well as coach Terry Edson for being part of another episode. The show is now on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And if you listen to shows or on one of those platforms, make sure you search for seven, the number seven, Friday night, and please rate and subscribe. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, we build seven Friday night using Anchor. 
And you can actually leave a voice message for us for the show by visiting anchor.fm slash number seven Friday night. Uh, and you know, tell us, uh, tell us you want us to come uh, talk to your program. And we will, we will definitely put you on the docket. Uh, each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's homepage, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there and also find links to the various other platforms that I mentioned earlier. Our cover art was designed by me using a photo by the late, great Norbert Vondergroben. Uh, our killer theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips. He plays in multiple bands in the Sacramento area, and hopefully we can direct you to one of his shows at some point. Oh, that, that wraps it up, Ben. Thoughts? Uh, first things first, as we close it out, uh, want to send a seven Friday night um, shout and our thoughts to everyone who's being affected by these fires across Northern California. You know, we've spent this entire podcast talking about how these fires have affected high school football throughout Northern California, but it's important to remember who's really affected. Um, and so I just wanted to send our thoughts out to, to those who've been affected and also wish our friend and forever the third geek, Carl Monden, safe travels as he's out photographing the fires in the South Lake Tahoe Basin. Last thing for me, quick shout out to another former, uh, another friend of ours and our former boss, Mike Lefkow, who on his selection show this week sported a Harry Ells High School hat. And so for those of you who don't know, Harry Ells High School was a school in Richmond, where I'm from, that has closed. Uh, but my dad was the head football coach there for several years. So props to Lefty for his hat choice. Uh, see you guys all on the sidelines this weekend. I will be out there. Uh, Chase, final thoughts from you. You said it best, man. It's going to be another, uh, another good, great week of football. Uh, we hope that everyone affected by the wildfires stays safe and if these games uh, get played, then uh, that'll be awesome. And uh, we will definitely be excited to break it all down again next week. So uh, until then, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Let's roll, boys. <laughs> <laughs>